Okay, we're starting here on the top of Nun Tenemun Aleph. The Gemara is still discussing the issue as to whether the Gidulim that grow from an Ikar and the Gidulim are different than the Ikar, what impact do these Gidulim have on the Ikar? Can they be Mevatel the Ikar? Is the Ikar Mevatel them? Or do they stand independently? And we have gone through different Memrot of Amoraim, and now we're going through different Tanaic works, looking at Mishnayot or Breitot, to determine what seems to be the position of these different Mishnayot and Braitot. So, yesterday we came to the conclusion that Shvi'it might be different, and therefore the Din, with regards to Shvi'it, is governed by a different rule than anything else. And we saw that because it says by Shvi'it it's unique, and the fact that the Iser derives from the Karka, and we gave all the explanations yesterday what that means, that it derives from the Karka, and therefore it is also, batel mina karka. The karka can contribute to the beetle, and that's why the gidulim can override the heter. And that's why if the gidulim grow during shvit, they will override the ikar, that is an ikar from the shishit that was of heter. Another hand, when it comes to items like maaser, over there, the karka is not the goreim. As we saw yesterday, we ended up, it's the digun that is the goreim. And over there, we might have a different view or a different opinion with regards to whether it's mivatel or not mivatelet. Then we ask a question now. Meitiv Rami Barchama. We we'll finally get to our Mishnah. I'm going to ask for our Mishnah. Kunam perut ailu alai. Kunam heim alpi. Kunam heim lepi. Asur bichidufehem ubigiduluehem. So in the case where he takes the nether and he states ailu, then these items where he specifies or delineates the items, not only are the items themselves the surim, but so are their exchange as well as their gidulim, items that grow out of them. On the other hand, if he says, she'eni ochel, v'she'eni to'em, if he uses lashon that specifies achilan ti'ima, then mutar b'chilufehen u'b'giduluhem. Then you have only been oser, the object itself. Again, we saw the machloket Tosafot in the Ran with regards to how the lishonot over here play out. Tosafot focuses on she'eni ochel, v'she'eni to'em as being the driving force here, where you're limiting the nature of the nether, and that's why it doesn't expand to chilufayim and giduayim. And then Duran focused on the elu and the fact that you are specifying or delineating the object so it looks like hektesh, therefore it expands to affect chilufayim and giduayim, which isn't true when you say sheni ochel, sheni toem, which is much more of a limited type of nether. So that was our Mishnah, and the difference between whether you use konam, perot, elu alai, versus if you use sheni ochel, sheni toem. Then we had a qualifying statement in the Mishnah, that is, that's only true when the seed or the item planted disappears in the growth. But if something where, when you plant it, it still remains intact, like a bulb, like an onion, potato, garlic, not only is the first derivative asur, but even the second derivative is asur. So here you have a case where he takes a nether, and the nether does not include the gidulim. That's sheni ochel v'sheni toim. The only thing that is a sur is the ikar, the object itself. You took a nether, and you only restricted the object, not any exchange of that object, not any growth from that object, and then you plant that item. And when you plant that item, the Mishnah says that gidulim, those things that grow from it are asurim, and even things that grow from that which grew from it are also asurim. You see over here that the ikar has enough strength to first of all, it remains intact, the Ikar, that it's Asur, but it also makes the Gidulim Asurim, and the Gidulim Gidulim Asurim. Now, who this question is on is unclear. Rashi says over here, it's Kasha the Rabbi Ami. It's a question on the position of Rabbi Ami. On the other hand, you can see in the Rani, he says, the Rabbi Yanai Parich. This is a question on Rabbi Yanai. So, if you think it's a question on Rabbi Yanai that goes back to Daf Nun Zayin Amudbet, where Amar Rabbi Yanai, Batzal Shel Truma, Shinatao, V'Rabu Gidulav Alikaro Mutar. If you have an onion of Truma that you planted, and then the Gidulim grow, they see the Ikar, then it's Mutar. Not Mutar, it's no longer Truma, it becomes Tevil now. But you see over there that the Gidulim have the ability to override the Ikar, and even more importantly, they do not look like the Ikar. Just because they grew from the Ikar doesn't make them like the Ikar. So the question is on the Memra of Rabbi Yanai, from our Mishnah, because here we have a Tanaic work that seems to indicate otherwise. Rashi says that the question really is on 
Rabbi Ami, and not necessarily on Rabbi Yanai. And that's based on uh, to the coming to Rabbi Ami. He came before Rabbi Ami, and he didn't have an answer. Then he came back afterwards again to Rabbi Ami, and he had an answer from this. You have a litra of B'tzalim that he already took off Chumot to Masrot, Bizara. And then he plants it, Mitaseret Lefikula. Then the Masrot are taken off of the entirety of the item. Amotan Gidulim, Ivatlim Ikar. You see from that that the Gidulim, which are Chayavim in Tevel, affect the Ikar and override the Ikar. So that's what Rashi says the question is on that position. The possibility is what you're suggesting that is it's a question on either one of these parties, or more broadly, the question is on anyone who is of the shita or of the opinion that the Gidulim have the ability to override the Ikar. So anybody who has that opinion, that's who the question is on. I mean, that's a broader question. So anybody who has the alternate opinion, like Rabbi Ami, like Rabbi Anai, the question will be on their position. If you say that, then when you say Meitiv Rami Barhamo, the Meitiv Rabbi Barhamo is going back on these earlier positions and is asking a question on these earlier positions. But that means that the Gemara now, in a sense, is a non sequitur because the Gemara just ended off with this distinction between Shvi'it and Maser. I would say by Shvi'it, it is Mivatel, whereas by Maser, it is not Mivatel. Because Shvi'it has this special din by Karka, and that's not true by Maser. So now, all of a sudden, you ask a question from our Mishnah, which is a question of Konam. Well, when it comes to Nidarim, Nidarim should be the same as Maser, because they don't have their Isur derived from the Karka, and therefore they should not be Batel. So you should have an easy answer to the question over here, which is, this isn't Shvi'it. The din where we say that the Gidulim are Mevatel the Ikar, that's only true when we're talking about Shemitah or Shvi'it. Over here, we're, we're talking about Konamot, or we're like before we say we're talking about Maser, there, we do not say that the Gidulim override the Ikar. And that would have been an easy answer to this question. And the question wouldn't have arisen at all. But then you have to say over here one of two things. You either have to say that the Gemara rejected the answer that we gave before, that there's a different Shaina Shvi'i, Tov Karka, Karka, that we're rejecting that answer. And now the Gemara is going back to square one and saying, wait a minute, how could it be that we have people with the opinion that the Gidulim of Vatel the Ikar, we have a Mishnah that seems to state otherwise. And how do we reconcile with that? So therefore, the question then would presuppose that the answer that we gave before is incorrect. And now we're going back to the basics. Does this work or does it not work? So that's the way some of the Rishonim posed the question, as ignoring the previous statement. And as if, again, like it's a non sequitur, and it has nothing to do with the previous Gemara. Others suggest that ain't Okanami. The Gemara could have given the answer, like it did by Maaser. That by Maser digun hu the kagarim lay, and since it's the digun that caused it and not the karka, that's why it's not batel. And the Gemara could answer the same thing by konamot. Enochanami could have given this answer, but it had a better answer, and that's why it didn't give this answer. So Tosafot over here answers that question by saying, "Hello, shvami na digdulim lo mevatlim the ikar hilka haikar mit pashet begidulim veasurim itam ikar the gidulim derived from the ikar, and that isur." Now permeates all of them. Vikar chashuv veinu batel, and the yikar remains as a significant item. It's not batel. And certainly here, there's no heter yedei karka like shviit mikomakom dami like yedei karka tero. It's similar to the case of shviit. It's not like the case of maser where you require digun, you require a significant act in order to make it chayav or to change its status. So Tosavot says that it may not be like Shvi'it, but it's certainly not like Maser. This is not like Maser. We're going to say that it's similar to Shvi'it in its nature. And that's the question that's being posed over here. Now the Rosh, the Shitato, takes that even a step further and suggests this is similar to the case of Shvi'it and not similar to the case of Maser. If you remember yesterday, the Rosh distinguished between something that is Bekarka, like Shvi'it, and Maser, which is Digun. Something that's in the karka like Shvi'it all happens mamela by itself. You leave it, you planted it on the sixth year, and then you leave it in the ground to the seventh year. And all the mixing happens by itself. And that's why the tarovit is batel, because it all grows by itself and is all mixed together. On the other hand, when it comes to maser, you have to actively engage, be a daim, in order to do something over here. You have to take off, be mafrish maserot. You have to make it into a kri. 
you have to plant it in order for it to go. The Hosafata Heter Isur that happens is all day your Yadaim and your intervention. So he says that Konamot look a lot more like Shvi'it than they do like Maser. And the Rosh says over here, Hilkach. Tama Ikar Mitpashet Bigdulim Vakolasur. Unihid Alodami Lishvi'it Gamre. It's not exactly like Shvi'it. Disurayu Talui Bakarka. Because over there it's Talui Bakarka and Konamot are not Talui Bakarka. Mikomakom Tarovet Himemevo. Nevertheless, the tarovit, the mixing that happens here, all happens by itself. It's because once it's growing, the gidulim grow without any attachment to the ikar, and you don't have to do anything about that. It'll grow by itself. There's no isur as long as it's attached to the ground. Until you process it and bring it to the point where it's chayav, it won't be chayav. And therefore, Maser is not relevant in the case of Bitul because it involves so much human intervention that it won't be Batel, it's not considered to be Urav. So what the Rosh suggests is that our case of Konamot sits somewhere between Shvi'it and Maser, but closer to Shvi'it. And just like Shvi'it, it happens by itself. So it's over here by Konamot, it happens by itself. When you plant the Ikar in the ground, you're just planting an item that you made a Surbana. That's it. Then the Gidulim start to grow by themselves. They come out. You're not making the Tarovah. The Tarovah is happening by itself. And that's why it's like Shvi'it. And that's why it should be Batel. So that's what the Gemara's question, according to the Rosh, behind the scenes, the Gemara's question over here is, this is exactly like Shvi'it. And it happens Mimela. And if that's the case, then it's Gidulim should be Batel the Ikar. And why isn't that the case over here? Okay, so in this question here, we have a spectrum of opinions. We have some opinions that are saying that we're ignoring the previous Gemara entirely and saying that, forget that answer. We want to know fundamentally whether the Gidulim and Vatel the Ikar or not. We have the Rosh on the other side who's saying this follows through on the Gemara. The whole question is from the previous Gemara. This looks exactly like Shvit. And therefore, why isn't it Vatel like Shvit? Again, then we had the middle type positions who say that, you know, Hanami, they could have given an answer that this is like more like Maser than Shvit. But the Gemara had an alternate answer, and therefore it takes a different path over here. Amar Rabbi Ava, shiny konamot, konamot are different. Ho'il, bi'bay mitshel alayu, aviluhu, kidavar sheyeshlo matirim, ve'in batil biro. So this is something that we discussed back on Daf Nun Bet, with regards to the Mishnah there. And over there, they had the Machloket Rishonim, as to why are konamot or nidarim, adavar sheyeshlo matirim. And everybody quoted the Yerushalmi, as well as the Gemara here on Daf Nuntet. The Gemara on Daf Nuntet in the Bavli makes it clear that Konamot are considered to be a Davar Shiyeshto Matirim, because if you want, you can have Hatarat Nidarim. If you have Hatarat Nidarim, you can eliminate the Isur over here. And if you can eliminate the Isur, then it becomes like a Davar Shiyeshto Matirim, Vein Batel Barov. And therefore it's not Batel Barov, because we said before, Davar Shiyeshto Matirim, so the reason that the Konamot, the Gidulim over here, are not successful being Mivatel the Ikar, or actually they become like the Ikar, is because of the fact that it's a Davar Shiyeshlo Matirin. And since it's a Davar Shiyeshlo Matirin, therefore it's not Batel. And independent of the question of Gidulim and Ikar, we have a separate problem here that we're talking about, Davar Shiyeshlo Matirin. Now, it's interesting, a couple of things to note over here. The first of which is, it doesn't say, Vahavalu, Davar Sheesh Lo Matirim, it says, Ki, Davar Sheesh Lo Matirim, it has the Kafa Dimyon. The Kafa Dimyon indicating that it's not really Davar Sheesh Lo Matirim, but it looks like a Davar Sheesh Lo Matirim. And we'll see in a second why in Gemara a little bit more about this, but the way that it is formulated over here, you still require a certain amount of human intervention in order to be Matirit. Generally, when we talk about Davar Sheesh Lo Matirim, it's something that has a time frame, and when the time frame expires, it automatically becomes heter. By nidarim, that's not the case. A nether can be, in effect, forever. And then you can be matter the nether, and then stop it. But by stopping it, you intervene to stop it. And we discussed back in Daphne Mbeda Ramad Aleph, that actually might be the sheet of the Rambam. The Rambam says a similar language, that it's like Davar Matirim. And over there, the Kesav Mishnah and the Karen Ora both say that they think that the Rambam believes that nidarim are not a Davar Matirim. They don't, your classic case of Devash Yeshua because they don't automatically happen. It requires some intervention. Now, it's different than, we'll see, Truma or other items where you need to be very actively involved and you need to make decisions. 
Over here, Hatarat Nidarim is almost a given that if you take a nether, you're going to have Hatarat Nidarim, and we'll see why in a second. So based on that, they use the cup of Demyon, which says it's Kedavar Sheshel Matarim. Very Truma. What about Truma? You have the ability to give Matir Nether. Giving of Truma and giving of Hekdesh is similar to the taking of a nether. And if a person wants to get Hatara for that, they can go to the Chacham and get a Hatara for their Truma or get a Hatara for their Hekdesh. And they do have Bittu associated with them. If you're telling me that when you can have Petach Lenether or Hatarat Nidarim, that makes it into Devar Sheshul Matirim, Truma should also be a Devar Sheshul Matirim. And if it's a Devar Sheshul Matirim, it shouldn't be Batel at all. Yet, we said that it is Batel Berov. The giving of Truma and Hekdesh is a commitment. And since you're committing, and it's through Dibur, it looks very similar to a Nether. And so just like a Nether, you can go to the Chacham to get a Petach Lenether and unwind it. So too by Chumayin Hekdesh, since they're functioning in the same way as the verbal commitment that changes the status of the object, you can also go to the Chacham and get Hatara for that, or do a She'ila on the commitment to give the Chuma or the commitment to Kodoshim. And the Gemara says, well, how could you say that over there by Chuma we say it's Batel Berov? It's not. Sa'ad Chuma Shnafla Lepachot Chulin. If you have a Sa'av Chuma that falls into less than 100 of Chulin, Terra cave. It has to rot. As the Rosh points out over here, it's not a direct quote from the Mishnah. There many times the Shas, the Gemara will summarize the Mishnah and just brings what it wants from it, even though it's not the exact quote from it, it gives you the gist of the Mishnah, even though it's not quoting it directly. Ha, what would you infer from this? That if it does fall into a hundred, it would be Batel. So you see, Truma is Batel. Now, if Truma is Batel, it clearly can't be Davar into Yeshlo Matirim, because Davar Yeshlo Matirim is Afilu Be'elafeinu Batel. So it's clear that, number one, we believe that with regards to Truma, it is not a Davar Yeshlo Matirim. Number two is, well, if Truma looks exactly like Konamot and Nidarim, then how come Truma is not considered to be a Davar Yeshlo Matirim, and Konamot are considered to be a Davar we have to distinguish or create some difference between them, or we're wrong about the Konamot. And that's the Gemara's question over here. Now, the Ron points over here that you could have asked the question from Rabbi the Same Rabbi Yana that we had the question on from our mission over here, that Rabbi Yana says that by Truma, the Gidulim can override the Ikar and be Mivatel the Ikar. So then the, you could have brought Rabbi Yana here as the proof to the fact that we do say Bito by Truma, despite the fact that it looks like a Davar Sheishlo Matirin, based on what we said by Konamoto, what we said about a nether. So the Ran says that the reason the Gemara didn't bring Rabbi Yana as the proof to this, but rather brought the Mishnah, is first of all, it's a Mishnah. We always prefer a Mishnah over a member of Amoraim. As well as the fact, you could have answered why Rabbi Yana said that, in the same answer the Gemara is about to give over here, which is that the Gemara could have answered that he owned it, that he actually owned the Truma, and it's not a normal case of Bitul where he gave it to the Kohen. In general, we're talking about Bitul or changing the Truma is because he made it into Truma, and now he's giving that Truma to the Kohen, and he wants to reverse what he did. On the other hand, there's a possibility that a person inherited Truma. He could have inherited Truma from his grandfather, his maternal grandfather, could have been a Kohen, his mother's father, and has passed away, and now he's inheriting the Truma from his grandfather, the Kohen. And in doing that, he never was mafrish the Trumot. So there'd be nothing to talk about in terms of Atarat Nidarim. And so maybe, that's what the Ran says, the case of Rabbi Yanai is a case where there is no Yeshlo Matirin. And since the Gemara could have answered that, it doesn't bring the proof from Rabbi Yanai, but rather brings the proof from the Mishnah. Now the Mishnah says over here, if you have an item that is less than 100 to 1, it is not Batel. So in the case of Chumat if you have one Sa'ab Chumat you don't have a hundred Chulin Kenege, that Chumat then the whole Tarovet becomes Asur. Now that's because Chumat is Asur Bachila. Chumat can be eaten by the Kohen. Chumat may not be eaten by the Kohen. Now it is true that Chumat could be used for Hesek. It could be used to be burnt or used for fire or oil. So why don't we just say now that the coin should just burn the whole thing. You should be able to give it to the coin and let the coin utilize it for 
Tumat Mea or equivalent of Tumat Mea. So the Ran says over here, the reason that we don't say that is, number one, it's not Batel, and every can't eat it. So what's the possibility that he's going to utilize it as Tumat Mea for his sake? We said that Shema Yavoli Dei Takala. It's a big risk that he will have a Takala with this or something could go awry with this because of the fact that it's sitting around. And it's sitting around for a duration because you don't use it up all at once. It's going to take you time to utilize it. It's a mixture of Chulin and Shumat And there's a high likelihood that you're going to get into trouble or someone's going to eat it instead of it getting burnt. So based on that, the Mishnah says, it should rot or that it's not usable at all. But now we see clearly from this Mishnah that we quoted that the Bito of Chuma is 100 to 1. Yet, we just said before that with regards to Chuma, Batil Barov. What is Rove relevant over here if the Bito of Chuma is 100 to 1? So again, the Shita Mukubetz, it suggests that the reason is because at a Doraita level, Chuma is Batel Barov. And here we're talking about the Rabbinic institution that's 100 to 1. Gro over here rejects that Shita of the Shita Mukubetz and says it makes no sense. Because the din of Davar Sheesh Lomaterim is already a din Darabonon. So if you're already imposing a din Darabonon of Davar Sheesh Lomaterim, it means we're definitely talking on a rabbinical level. Because if you're talking at the right level, then Davar Sheesh Lomaterim is not even relevant. And then it would be Badal Barov because there's nothing impeding it. If you're already saying that the problem here is Davar Sheesh Lomaterim, that already means you're dealing on a rabbinic level. Once you're dealing on a rabbinic level, then the Bito is 100 to 1. Therefore, the Gro over here eliminates the word rove from the girsa. He says, leave out the word rove. He says, instead of saying, batle barov, he just says, ubatle, that they are batel, and leaves out the word rove. Others explain, or try to avoid the problem by explaining the word rove differently over here. You can see that in Rashi. Rashi says over here, and batil barov, klomar, barov midato bigidulav rabim. Rove doesn't mean the classic sense of rove, a majority, but rove over here means the word riboy, from the lot of. Excess amounts of. So what he's saying is that there's going to be, the Gidulim are going to be so many or so much heter versus the other item there, or it's going to be overwhelmed by the heter, and that's what it means, that the excess amounts of heter will take out the isor, or again, that would be at a hundred to one. So he leaves in the gear, so but explains the word rove to mean something else. So the Gemara says, wait a minute, maybe. That's not a problem here. Amrei b'chuma b'yad kohen askinan. Let us say we're talking about chuma in the hands of the kohen. Delo matzil mitzulala. Because he won't be able to do hatara on it. Since he won't do hatara on it, the way the Rosh explains it, why can't he do hatara over here? Is because, v'arav rabbi lezumi mitzperish, delo matzil mitzulala, shelo karala hu, shem chuma. He's not the one who made it into chuma, so he can't be the one who's matir the nether to make it oist chuma. So there's no ability, once it's in the hand of the Kohen, to reverse what was done with the Truma. But then he says, the Rosh says, Mashma, the Kohen Koi. That based on the Revelation Mitz, that means that it's talking about the Kohen himself. Well, Israel, she frees, uh, if the Israel separated out, Matzi Mitzlola, he would be able to be Matir or reverse the Truma that he took off. Sarech Lamar, the Perusho. Even though the Israel could reverse it back to Chulin, it's still considered to be something that's not a davar sheishlo matirim. Because it's not common that he would do that. The only time that he would reverse the net there or the commitment to give the chuma is when he still has it in his possession. Because he has nothing to eat. And now he's stuck with his chuma here, so he wants to reverse it so he has something to eat over here. And he mafresh the chumot from whatever he needs to eat. And then he eats it. So when it's in his possession, you can assume that he will utilize the ability to reverse the chuma. But when it's not in his possession, the possession of the Kohen, even though he could reverse it, he's unlikely to reverse it because he has no purpose in reversing it. It doesn't do anything for him to reverse it. The Kohen can't reverse it because the Kohen didn't make it into chuma to be the one who reverses it. So that's the way the Rosh explains the Kohen over here. On the other hand, most of the Rishonim, you can see this in the Rashi, and you can see this in the Ran as well. That Kinyan is the ultimate sealer of the fate of this item. That once a Kohen is given the possession of this item, you can no longer be Matir what you did before. It left your possession. When it's in your possession, you have a right to decide that you want to reverse what you did. 
Once you've granted it to someone else, you've given a kinyan to someone else, you no longer have that right to reverse it. And that's the way the majority of the Rishonim learn over here, that even the Israel, once he gives it over to the Kohen, has no right to reverse it. And since he has no right to reverse it, that's why it's a davar she'en lo matirin. And since it's a davar she'en lo matirin, that explains why it's batel berov or batel bemeya in the case of truma. The Gemara says that doesn't sound right because ihochi ain't a safe. What are you going to do the latter half of that Mishnah? If it was Torah, then he sells it off to the Kohen. Well, why is he selling it to the Kohen if the Kohen already has it? If it's in the Kohen's hands, then you don't need to sell it to the Kohen. The fact that he's selling it to the Kohen is pretty good indication that it's in the hands of the Israel and not in the hands of the Kohen. So given that explanation that's in the hands of the Kohen seems implausible given the Seifa of the Mishnah. Now the reason by Torah that you sell it to the Kohen is that it becomes Dimua. Dimua is a mix of Chuma and Chulin. So say for instance you had one Sa'ah of Chuman, 50 Sa'ah of Chulin. So then it's not enough Chulin to be Mavatel the Chuma. So what do you do? The Chulin you own, it's yours. The Chuma belongs to the Kohen. So what you do is you sell the 51 Sa'ah to the Kohen, but you only charge him for 50. Because one Sa'ah you are supposed to give to him anyway. So what you do is you sell him 51 Sa'ah, including the Osab Chuma in there that got mixed in, but you only charge him for 50. The truth is he won't get a great price for it because only a Kohen can buy it. It's Dimua. But nevertheless, he can collect, at least on the 50 side, he can collect the lower price. On that one side, he'll give it gratis to the coin because it belongs to the coin. It's his truma. But the fact that we're telling the Israel what he should do and how he should do it means that it's still in his possession, not in the possession of the coin. Ella, now the Gemara gives the answer that the Ron gave for why Rabbi Yanai would not have an issue with this. It's the case where he inherited the truma from his maternal grandfather. But maternal grandfather was a Kohen. His mother was a Bat Kohen. His father is Israel, so he's Israel. But yet, he's an inheritor of his grandfather. And an inheritor of grandfather, he could inherit Truma. And if he inherits the Truma, then there's Davar She'en Lo Matirin. Because he never made it into Truma that he can reverse it. He's the equivalent of the Kohen who had receipt of it. Now, he's Israel, so he can't eat it. So he has to do something. Now he has to sell it off, or he has to do something with it because he's not a Kohen. But the Gemara asks again, Doesn't the Seifa say that you sell it off to the Kohen with the exception of that one Sa'ah of Chuma? But that's not the case here. In our case, when you have Chuma that you were Mafrish and then it got mixed in with Chulin, then Enochanami, that Chuma belongs to the Kohen, the remainder belongs to you. So you sell everything minus that one Sa'ah to the Kohen. In this case, he owns the Chuma. The reason that he has the Chuma here is because he inherited it from his grandfather. He doesn't have the Chuma because he was Mafrish Chuma and it really belongs to the Kohen. It doesn't belong to the Kohen. It belongs to him. So why should he have to sell it accepting the value that's EX, accepting the value of that Sa'ah from the sale? It's his Sa'ah. He should be able to sell the whole thing without getting compensation for all 51 Sa'ah not just for the 50 Sa'ah because that one Sa'ah actually belongs to him because he inherited it. So that can't be the explanation of this Mishnah. So now the Gemara backs away from trying to explain the Mishnah in a way that makes it a davar she'en lo matirin, but rather makes a fundamental distinction between nidarim and truma. Elema, bishlama konamot mitzvah lichulei alehen. There's a mitzvah to do atarat nidarim by a neder. Mishum the Rabbi Natan, because of what we saw back early in the Masech, the back on Davchov Bet, what Rabbi Natan says, that Rabbi Natan says that nidarim are not a good thing and you should get away from them as fast as possible. Anybody who takes a nether, as if he builds a mizbeach, bizman isra bamot, outside the mikdash to bring a korban. Someone who keeps a nether, it's as if he was makriv a korban on that mizbeach. So not only is it bad enough that you took the nether, if you continue to keep the nether, it's even worse. And therefore you should be mad to the nether. It's a mitzvah to get rid of this nether. And therefore we say, Go get it done. Do the petach neder. Do the charata. Do whatever you have to do to reverse this neder. And as Rashi and the Ran both say over here, Stephen says it's a mitzvah. Command itchlo layudami. So since it's a mitzvah, do it. Even though he hasn't done it yet, it's as if he did it. Command the mitzvah layudami. It's as if he already asked and got that tarat nederim done because of the fact that it's a mitzvah to do it. So we see it as as if it's done already.
And there they have the Rosh explains it more from just a practical position, which is he says, Because the Stam, the overwhelming majority of Nidarim will end up being reversed. Or going to have to write Nidarim because that's the mitzvah and that's what you're supposed to do. So he just, not that he says that it's effectively or deemed as if you have done it already, like the Ran and Rashi say, but rather because that is the natural outcome or the default outcome over here, we'll consider it as a davar shiesh lo matirim, because the overwhelming majority of them will end up in this manner. Therefore, with regards to konamot, with regards to nidarim, it's a davar shiesh lo matirim. And if you remember back in Davchavbet, as Iran explained, that when a person takes a neder, they think they're doing a mitzvah, and they're adding on to the mitzvah of the Torah, just like Hashem gave us mitzvah, we're doing more mitzvot. And he doesn't realize that sometimes, kolamosif goreya, when you add on, you're actually subtracting or diminishing. Just like you think by a bama, when you bring a korban on a bama, look, I'm bringing korbanot to Hashem, I'm doing something for Hashem, but you're adding on, it's even better. It turns out to be a terrible avera, because you're doing shkutechutz, you're bringing something on a bama, when you're supposed to be bringing it in the mikdash. So just like by the bama, the person is is misguided in thinking that this is something beneficial. And he goes in and builds a bama, which he thinks is positive, and it turns out that it's terribly negative. And I'm a kaimo. And not only if you take the nether, which is bad, if you persist in the nether, it's even worse. It's as if you're makiv in the bama. So to by nidarim. When you take a nether, you're extending the Torah's mitzvot by restricting other things on yourself or trying to create uh, create some sort of stim- stimuli to help you do a mitzvah or something, uh, to do something. And therefore, you think you're doing something positive. But in the end, it's really negative. And that's why he compares it to a bama. But because of that, there's a mitzvah, again, we discussed much more extensively back there on Dafchet, why the Gemara in some places seems to have a positive view of Nidarim versus on Chafet, where it has a negative view of Nidarim, and how do we reconcile between those two Gemarot? But here the Gemara clearly is to face Rabbi Nathan Shita from Dafchet. On the hand, by Truma, my mitzvah, since when is there a mitzvah to undo the Truma? You might have a right to do it, you might be able to do it, but it's not necessarily a mitzvah to do it. So again, like Rashi and the Ran said, Rashi says, since it's not a mitzvah, he won't come around to being doing the Shelat Chacham here. So it's unlikely an outcome. That's similar to what the Rosh said before. Since the default will be not to undo it. And the likely outcome is that it will remain in place. It's not considered to be a Devar Sheishlo Matirin. The Ran formulates it this way, Since the doesn't happen by itself. And there's no compelling reason to do this. It's not considered to be a davashesh matirin. Now we run into a little problem because we had, before we quoted a brighter that gave us examples of davashesh matirin. In those examples, we had hegdesh and maestro shini. And hegdesh is exactly like chuma. Why is hegdesh like chuma? Because it's a commitment that you can unwind and you can reverse. That's why it's called davashesh matirin. The Ran says, from here we see that that's not the reason why Hekdesh is a Dover Sheshul Matirin. The Hekdesh to come money, the Elba, the Dover Sheshul Matirin, the Hekdesh, Berkabait, Askinan, the Korchen, the Ptia, Koi. The reason it's considered the Dover Sheshul Matirin is because you can redeem it. And that's similar to Maestro Sheni. Now, Maestro Sheni, you could take it up to Rishlaim and eat it there. That's why it's a Dover Sheshul Matirin, but you also can redeem it. And if you parallel that with Hekdesh, when they're mentioned together, both Maestro Sheni and Hekdesh, you're allowed to redeem them. Since you're allowed to redeem them, they have a Dover Sheshul Matirin. And that's why they're considered Davash Mishmatirim, but not because of the fact that you can be Mashil on the Ekdesh. That's not the reason that it's considered to be a Davar Sheshlo Matirim. Okay, Gufa. Now we're going to go back to something Rabbi Yochanan said. If you have a Litra B'Tzalim, which he already took off the Chumotu Masrod from, Vizara, and now he planted it. Mitaseret Lefikula. You take off Chumotu Masrod for the whole amount. And what you see from here is clearly he believes that even though the Ikar is an Ikar of Heter, because the Ikar already had Shumot and Masrot that were taken off of it. And now when you replant the item, it grows Gidulim. So as far as the Gidulim are concerned, ain't Ochanami, the Gidulim are Chayav in Shumot and Masrot, at least if they're distinct from the Ikar. But they are the majority here. And what we see happens is that now it overrides the Ikar to the point where you have to take off Shumot and Masrot from the entirety of this item, including the Ikar that already had something that was taken off from it, already had Jumot Masrod removed from it. 
What you see from here is that the Gidulim override the Heter, the Ikar, which did not require Trumot and Masrot. Yotiv Rabo, Vekamar Lahashmaitito. Rabba said over this member from Yokanan, Amalei Rav Chista. So Rav Chista asked the question that you're asking. Man sait l'cho ulu Rav Yokanan Rabach. Who's going to listen to you and Rav Yokanan your Rebbe? Heter shbehen na'ichan alach. Where did the heter disappear to? Your question, which is, okay, you already took off Shemot Masro from this. If it's a Davashal heter, why doesn't that remain, its status remain intact? And if its status remains intact, then you should have to take off Shemot Masro from the incremental growth over here. Not from the items that already were picked, harvested, and had Trumotu Masro taken off of it. So here Rav Chista is challenging Rabba's position and Rabbi Yochran's position as well, that they believe that the Gidulim are able to override the Ikar and be Mevatel the Ikar. And Rav Chista says, since when? Why is that the case? And when he asks, Heter Shben Ha'chan Alach, the Rosh over here says, the late, late the Gidulim Mevatlina Ta Ikar. It's clear that Rav Chista believes that Gidulim cannot override the Ikar. So, the way the Rosh posits the question over here is that Rav Chista is of the position that Gidulim don't override Ikar, and that's why he asks the question of Heter Lehechan Alach. And he disagrees with Rav Yochanan and Rabba's position, who seemingly think that the Gidulim can be Mivatel, the Ikar. But that means that the question of the Gemara, or the question of Rav Chista, is only according to that one Deya, who believes that Gidulim are not Mivatel, the Ikar. Now, the Ran, on the other hand, thinks that the question is more broad, and he says the question is as such. This is what he's asking. Even if you believe that when it comes to Gidulim of Heter, they can override an Ikar of Isur. That's because when the Gidulim exceed the core item, when he eats it, and you don't touch, you don't taste the time of the Easter anymore. The bittel is so great that it's really batel. You have heter and Easter over here. When they're mixed together and you eat it, all you taste is heter. And since all you taste is heter, there's no problem. That's why we would say batel barov or batel bit, whatever number it is that you need. And that's why when the gidulim exceed the ikar, the ikar is as if it doesn't exist anymore. Therefore, even though the Isur, the ikar is still mixed into it, and it didn't disappear, it's mutar, because the taste, which is what you're after in terms of achila, is all a taste of heter. And since it's all a taste of heter, the ikar is no longer relevant. When you're talking about maser, maser is a very exacting type of counting. You have to take off 10% from whatever you have here, that is chayav in trumot and masrot. So, then why would you make an assumption of bitul over here that the ikar is batel to the gidulim? The way the Rod phrases it, this question is according to everyone. Whether you believe that the gidulim are batel the ikar or not batel the ikar, it doesn't matter. Because that's what the guards to achila. That's tarovit for achila. By tarovit achila, the only thing we're concerned with is flavor, taste. And if the heter is the taste, then you can talk about bitul. Over here, when you're talking about hafrashat, shumot, and masrot, it's a calculation. It's an accounting that you have to make. And when you make that accounting and you're mafrish, the trumot and masrot, you have to do it based on what you're chayavin in the tevel. And you can do an exact accounting over here. It doesn't really matter that there was a bitul barov and that the ikar is no longer tasted in this. It shouldn't be relevant. You should know. I have 90% of new stuff, 10% of old stuff. And if the 10% is not chayav, then I don't have to be mafrish, trumot and masrot from the 90%. And it's a very exact calculation. So Bitto should not be relevant over here. And that's the question that Rav Chista is posing to Rabbo. Again, different than the Rosh. The Rosh sees this as being a partisan type of question, which is only according to the one who says that Gidulim are not Mavatel the Ikar is the question. On the other hand, the Ran sees this as being a global question, which is even if you believe that Gidulim can be Mavatel the Ikar, that's only true when it comes to Tam or to Achila. That's not true when it comes to Hafashat Shumot Masrot, where it's a calculation. And the calculation should take into consideration what's mutar and what is asur. Amarle, the rabbi responds to Rav Chist and says, Milotnan, de kavata. Don't we have a Mishnah that does something similar? This is a Mishnah that we saw from Shvi'it in yesterday's daf, which is, B'tzalim, she'ardu alehem gishamim, onions upon which rain fell, v'tzimchul, and they grew. V'mayu alehem shalehem shchorim, 
if their leaves are black, what we said yesterday, maybe dark green, asurim, then they are asurim because of the mix of shvi'it in the picture over here. Since they have peyrot shvi'it mixed into them, they are asur. Again, we saw yesterday that that's not so simple because in general, shvi'it is not oser bekoshu, but the balea tosafot we saw yesterday explained that it was a case where he did it be a dime. He picked them in the sixth year. And they were hetter. Then he planted them again in the Shvi'it. And if he does a Masebe Yadayim like that, either he's machshiv the growth in that case. And that's why it's not Batel. Or the Masebe Yadayim itself lends a hand to the fact that it's an Easter Bakoshu. And he brought proof to the fact that that is the case. So now we see that on the other hand, if the leaves are a light green or just a green, then they are Mutar. We're talking about a case of Shishit items that are then planted in the Shvi'it. And they grow during the Shvi'it. When the leaves are darker green or black, why are they asurim? Why don't you invoke your principle? Where did the heter go? Over here, we're talking about a case where it was shishit is the ikar, and he planted the shishit stuff, and now the leaves are growing during the Shvi'it. And when the leaves are growing during the Shvi'it, why is it that the gidulim, which are asurim, override the ikar, which is heter? Your principle, Rav Chesed, is the heter shven ha'yechanalach. Why don't you ask that question on the Mishnah in Shvi'it? Tosafot says over here, on the top line of Tosafot, Af mash gidlu b'shishit. That when we say that the Shkorim are asurim, that's even the stuff that grew during the Shishit gets affected by it. The leaves that grew during the Shishit, they're affected by the leaves that grew by the Shvi'it, and you make them asur. On the other hand, the Ran over here says, when we say that the Shkorim are mivatel, everything, he says, not only is it mevatel the leaf that grew during the shishit, it's mevatel the ikar. Shafa ikar, it's mo mishtaned derech delato. Because when you plant the ikar, when it grows, the ikar also is affected by the growth, and it's not the same form that it was before. So based on that, the Ran says that the Mishnah means to say that when the shvi'it, you have these items that grow during shvi'it, they're oser, the growth of the leaves in the shishit, and they're oser, the ikar. They're oser, the ikar that grew during the shishit as well. On the other hand, Tosafot is very focused on the leaves. So the leaves that grow in the Shishit will be made asur by the leaves that grow during the Shvi'it. But the Ikar will not be affected by this because it's a separate entity. So that's a difference here between the Shita of the Ran and the Tosafot as to what the Shchorim are making asur. But in either case, what you see is that the Isur overrides the Heter. And if the Isur overrides the Heter, why don't we ask the Heter, the Heichanalach? Amalei. Rav Chista responds to Rabbo and says, Misavart al-Ikarktani? You thought the Mishnah Shvit is talking about the Ikar? That the Ikar is overridden by the Gidulim? Atosefet Kitani. It's only talking about the excess part. That is what is Asurin. I mean that whatever grows during the Shvit will be Asur. Whatever grew before the Shvit will be Heter. So Rav Chista responds and says that we're not talking about the whole item here. We're talking about just the Tosefet. Whatever grew during Shvit, that which grew during Shvi'it is a sur. That which grew beforehand is mutar. And as the Rosh notes over here, Hayan Ikara Ikar. If we knew where, where the Ikar was, Benotosefet, and what was the additional items, Hayan Mutar. We could segregate what was mutar and what was a sur. Vinitarvu Be'acherim. The real Naftamina comes about not when these two items are together because it's hard to distinguish between the Ikar and the Tosefet, but rather when they fall into another item. Ain't Vatel Ela Tosefet. Then, we don't have to be mevateled 100% of what fell in, but only the percentage of tosefet that is associated with the item that fell in. And that'll be a big nafkamina in terms of the tosefet being asur and the ikar being heter. So even though in terms of their tarovet, you may not be able to do anything with the object itself, but if it falls into something else, in terms of bitol, then it will become a pro rata bitol, and you won't need as much to be mevatel the tosefet. Yochi. Mar says, that's the case. My at the Rabbi Shimon Gamliel lemeimar. What is Rabbi Shimon Gamliel coming to say? The Tanya, we have a brighter. Rabbi Shimon Gamliel Omer, Hagadel bechiyuv chayav. Whatever grows in the chiyuv is chayav. Hagadel bepator, pator. And whatever grew when it was pator is pator. So now, this is somewhat difficult because we have a brighter that quotes Rabbi Shimon Gamliel and there's no context given to where this is said. The implications of the Gemara are that this Brayta references the Mishnah. It's a Brayta on our Mishnah. And Rabbi Shimon Gamliel is commenting on our Mishnah. And in commenting on our Mishnah, he says, 
that a gadol bechiyuv is chayav, and a gadol bepatur is patur. Similar to what Rav Chista is now trying to suggest the Tanakama is saying in our Mishnah from Shvit, which is whatever grew during the Shvit is asur, whatever grew during the Shishit is mutar. But if Rabbi Shimon Gamliel is coming with a brighter to argue on our Mishnah, why is he arguing on our Mishnah? The Tanakama actually says the exact same thing. This is what the Gemara says, Tanakama, Namehochi Amar. So that's exactly what the Tanakama says as well. Problem with this is, and the Rosh raises this question, he says is that what does Chiyuv and Patur have anything to do with Shvi'it? When you're talking about Shvi'it, there's two options. It's Asur or it's Mutar. Chayav and patur are terminology that's used by masrot, by trumot, by items where you have an obligation to do something. By shvi'it, when you're talking about chayav and patur, it makes no sense. It should be asur or mutar. And therefore, the Rosh claims that this bright of Rabbi Shimon has nothing to do with our Mishnah. It's actually a different case. It's a case, ilan shemiksato made aretz, half of a tree is in Eretz Yisrael, umiksato made chutzal aretz, and half of it is in Chutzar, it's on the border. You have a tree that's on the border. Half of it's in Eretz Yisrael, half of it's in Chutzar. The Gadel B'chiyuv Chayav, Ubepatur Patur. And then that, Rabbi Shimon says, whatever grew in Eretz Yisrael, is Chayav in Trumot and Masrot. Whatever grew in Chutzar, is Patur, made Trumot and Masrot. Now, there are many that disagree with the Rosh's position, majority of the Rishonim, and many question this position of the Rosh. Over here, that this Brita is not connected to our Mishnah, but it's an independent case. Nevertheless, nobody really answers the question that the Rosh raises of Chiyuv and Patur, which is Isr Vehetzer, which makes it very problematic in terms of saying that this Brita is qualifying or arguing on our Mishnah. So the Rosh, therefore, gives a different explanation, and he says that the reasoning over here is that the Gemara is saying, Rabbi Shimon Gamaliel has this opinion within growing items, that you're able to divide them up and say half the item is chayav and half the item is patur. So Rabbi Shimon Gamliel is the author of that position. If he, he's the author of that position, then why all of a sudden here do we have a Mishnah with someone else saying this? According to the explanation of Chista, it should have been Rabbi Shimon Gamliel. The attribution of this Mishnah should have been Rabbi Shimon Gamliel because he's the only one we know that says such a thing. The only one in all of the Tanaim that says that. And therefore all cases like that should be attributed to him. The fact that our mission is not attributed to him shows you that it must not be a case like that. That's how the Rosh explains the nature of the question of the Gemara over here. Others explain that the question is that Rishim Gomleo is a bright on our Mishnah, and seemingly he's arguing on our Mishnah and saying that half is heter, half is, and will depend on the split of the item. Then how could you claim that the Tanakhama is saying the same thing if Rishim Gomleo is arguing on that position? My answer is Kula Matanita Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel Tanilo. The entire Mishnah is authored by Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel. And therefore there's no problem here because the Tanakama is Rabbi Shimon Gamliel. According to the Rosh, the answer of the Gemara over here is Enochanami, that there's only one author of this position. And Enochanami, Rabbi Shimon Gamliel is the author of our Mishnah. According to the others, the bright uh, which is brought on the Mishnah is not coming to argue on the Mishnah, but rather to give us more information about the Mishnah, and the Mishnah is really authored by Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel. Now the Gemara continues and says, "Vad kan lo Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel delo katarach." That's only true what we hear this type of position within Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel in a case where he was not toreach. Heicha de katarach batel beruba. Now then, where he does make a tircha, it is batel bero. Now, here, it's not clear in the Gemara as to who is the author of this position or this statement in the Gemara. The way that the Bali Tosafot suggests is, Kach Hishivlo Rabbo. This is what Rabbo says back to Rav Chista. That even though Rishim and Gamaliel, who over there differentiates between Chiyub and Ptur and doesn't let one override the other, Nevertheless, Rabbi says to Rabbi Chista, he'll still agree with my position by Batsal. The reason being because there's a difference. In the case of the trees, half in Chutzlar, half in Eretz Yisrael, whatever has on the, happens on the trees happens Mamela. happens by itself without any intervention. Although and over here, when we're talking about the Chuma, where he intervenes and he plants the Chuma, over there, even Rabbi Shimon Gamaliel will agree that there is Bitul in that instance. That's the way the Balea Tosafot suggests to learn it. Rashi thinks over here that the Gemara is writing this, not any 
individual rabbi Rav Chista, but rather the Gemara itself is coming to qualify Rabbi Shimon Gamliel's opinion and to limit it to a case of Katarach. The Rosh continuing in his position that the question here is about the authorship or unique authorship of Rabbi Shimon Gamliel. The answer of this part of the Gemara is Shinuya Achrina Kamishane. This is an alternate answer to the question that we had before about the Mishnah in Shvit. So one answer about the Mishnah in Shvit is it's authored by Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel. And Kula Matnitan is Rabbi Shimon Gamliel. An alternate answer is that Rabbi Shimon Gamliel himself, who is this lone opinion who says that when it's half Chayav and half Patur, you can have any plant or a Tzemach have those properties of half Chayav and half Patur. Therefore, he'd be the author of the position here. That's not necessarily true. Because Rabbi Shimon Gamliel's position might be limited to things where the Lotarach, where he didn't get involved, he didn't exert any intervention over the situation or get involved in the situation in any way. They worried about his tircha, and therefore they forced him to take up Shumot Masrod from the whole item. So going to the Rosh is an alternate answer which says that Rabbi Shimon Gamaliel doesn't necessarily have to be the author of the case of B'Tzalim and he could actually coexist with that position. And this alternate answer says that the case of B'Tzalim is not really relevant to the cases of normal bitol or separation between Gidulin and Ikarin because it has this unique status of being Bitarachva. The Ran takes a shita that's similar to the Tosafot over here and says that the statement over here, Rav, is kashali. Even though we couldn't bring any proof from this case, nevertheless, it's not a question on my position. Even though we can't bring a proof from this case that the heter lehechan alach, because now you're saying it's authored by Rabbi Shimon Gamliel, nevertheless, Rav says to Rav Chista, you still can't bring that as a proof against my position of B'Tzalim, because my case of B'Tzalim is different from the case of Rabbi Shimon Gamliel. The case of Rabbi Shimon Gamliel is a place where Shalot Tarach, and that's why each item remains separate. My case by the B'Tzalim is a case where he was Toreach, and since he was Toreach, there there's a reason to believe that the Gidulim can be Mevatel the Ikar. Now, the Ran asks on his own shita that he mentioned at the beginning of this sugya, which is the Ran believes that the question of bitul is integrally tied to the question of whether the gidulim are heter. The Ran said that if the gidulim are heter, then they, by definition they'd be mevatel the ikar. Now, then if the gidulim are of isur because they are derivative of the ikar, which was of isur, then they would not be mevatel it. But the real question is, are the gidulim shal heter or the gidulim shal isur? Now, all of a sudden, we have an opinion here, Rabbi Shimon Gamliel's opinion which says that the item has heter and isur, and despite the fact that the gidulim are heter, they're not mevatel the ikar. So the Ran says over here, Don't ask me a type of question on what I said earlier. Which I said earlier, that if the gidulim are not exactly like the ikar, then they are not mevatel it. He says over here, The reason it works over here, it's because heter can't be batel. Shaisur darkolit batel velo heter. The Ran says something very interesting here, which is that bitol is a din with regards to isur. You can eliminate an isur through bitol. What you can't eliminate through bitol is heter. And so therefore over here, even though here it's a mixture of heter and isur, and the heter stands independent of the isur, and that should have led to a bitol. In our case over here, where the isur is coming to exceed the heter, we don't talk about Bitul. We don't talk about the Isur overriding the head there because it doesn't have the power. Bitul is a terminology that's only used by Isur not to eliminate Isur. It's not used to eliminate head there. Shai Isur, Darkold eats Batel, Velo Heter. Ve'od, Delo Tarach Levitule Ikar, Ele Gidulin Melein Bo. He's not Toreach over here to be Mvatel the Ikar, but the case here is that the Gidulin came up by themselves. And since they came up by themselves, there's more reason to believe that they are not Batel. So therefore, now, based on this, if I looked at the case of the Gishamim, the case of the rain, in the case of the rain, Lokatarach, he didn't put any investment in here. It was the rain that came down, that rained on these items, and that would cause them to grow more. If that's the case, then I'll say that a Gadel Bechiyub is Chayav, and a Gadel Bat Patur is Patur. On the other hand, by the case of the Bitzalim, 
The case that Rabbi Yochanan quoted before of Alitra B'Tzalim Shetikna V'Zarah Mitaseret Lefikula. Over there we do say that the Gidulim override the Ikar Shel Heter. Because over there, Katarach, he planted the item. He took it and then replanted it in the ground. And when he replanted it into the ground, that's what generates the Bito, that's what generates the ability of the Gidulim to override the Ikar. And according to the Rosh, what you said before, that Rabbi Shimon Gamaliel is this unique opinion, and any time we have such a Mishnah, he should have the attribution of authorship. What the Gemara is saying is that the author of this Mishnah is different than that of Rabbi Shimon Gamaliel. The Katarach makes a differentiation within his opinion. His opinion is limited to cases where he's Katarach. Cases where he's Lotarach, he doesn't have that opinion. Now the Gemara says, Vocheicha the Katarach Boto Beruba. Rabbi Shimon Gamaliel really believed that anytime you do the Tircha, that it's Batal Barov. Alright, Litra Maser Tevel. We have a Litra of Maser, that is Tevel. The Katarach. Over there he's planting it. Viktani. And we saw on yesterday's daf, Otal Litra Maser Aleha Mimakomacher. That one Litra you have to take up Maser from somewhere else. The Fichesbon, according to the measurement. So you see by that case in the Mishnah, that even though he's Katarach, he planted it in the ground. Nevertheless, when he harvests it, he has to separate out the Trumot of Masrot separately from the new growth versus the Ikar that was there before. But that shows you that the new growth is not Mivatel, the Ikar. My answer is Shiny Gabi Maser, Damakra, Ser Taser. The Maser, there's a different din over here because it says Aser Taser. And that is Vetera Zarinche, Isur Lo Zarinche. People plant things that are Heter, they don't plant things that are Asur. Now, the Rishonim explain over here, what does that mean that a seret how does that help you? The way the Rosh explains it, he has to take off my from whatever they're growing in this field. He's not allowed to take a deduction for Trumotu Masrot that were taken off this item already when he goes to replant it. When he replants it, it hits a reset button, and then it becomes Chayav and Trumotu Masrot again. It becomes terrible once again. That's only true when you plant something that I've had there. But we're talking about something that's a sore, the low zari inche that people in general do not plant, low hadra letivla. Therefore, when you do plant it, it doesn't go back to its original tevel status. So what the Rosh is saying is that the chiyuv of Tumat Masroth is limited to cases where you plant seeds of het there. Because you plant seeds of het there, that's what the Pasuk and the Torah is talking about. And you plant something of Hetar, then you have an obligation to remove Tremotamat's road again from that item, or to make it come to Tevel again, and you have to remove Tremotamat's road. On the other hand, if it's something of Isur, and then you try to plant the Isur, then Sur will be Patur, and not require Tremotamat's road to be taken off of it, because of the fact that it's Isur that's being planted. And the Pasuk Vaser Taser does not govern situations when you're planting Isur. So therefore, by Gabi the Maser, when you pick the litra that you had already taken off Trumot Masrot from, and then you have the new Gidulim that grew, the reason that you take off Trumot Masrot separately from the Gidulim than you do from the Ikar is because the litra that you put into the ground was Dover Asur, it was Tevel, which you're not allowed to plant. As Rashi says, So that he doesn't benefit from doing that. Rashi says, the reason that we make him pay Trumot Masrot on the Ikar, even though it's Isur that was planted and should not be Chayav, is to penalize him so that he doesn't benefit from not taking off Trumotu Masrot. If we would say that he's Patur now, then he actually would benefit from planting in the ground and not having to take off Trumotu Masrot. So that's simply a penalty. And that's why you have to take off Trumotu Masrot separately from the core, the Ikar, versus taking it off from the Gidulim. Similar to what the Rosh says over here, that the Ikar only turns into Davar that requires Trumot Masrot to be taken off of it when it's planted behet there. But it's planted be sewer, it doesn't require that. And similarly, the Ran says, You plant something, even though it had Trumot Masrot taken off of it, you have to take off Masrot again when you harvest it again. The Ikar always gets wiped out with the Gidulim in that case. Mashpa, Dafka, the Hetera. Only things that have heter, the hachi or chayu, the inche. That's the normal way people act. And the case of heter, that's a case where the gidulim override the ikar. 
Aval isura lav zaracha mikre. And then when it's something of isur, that's not called zaracha. Hilkach mi zaracha mashma de bisura lo ati gidulim evatimikar. When you have isura over there, the gidulim can't come and wipe out the ikar. And the Ran writes about all of these explanations. But the Ran takes issue with that. Vakasha. That means that this whole discussion here is about something where you have a bulb that grows. Umidorite. In a Torah, there's no such case. Because in the Torah, Sumotumasrod are only taken off Doraita from Dagan. And Dagan is an item where Zarokala. And therefore, this whole issue of ain't Zarokala. And whether the Gidulim or Vatel or Navatel all turns out to be, at least on a Torah level, a moot discussion. And therefore, the Ran believes over here that this quoting of the Pasuk is a smachta be'alma. It's only an asmachta. It's not a dindo right, but an asmachta be'alma. And it's trying to explain to us why things are mevatel or not mevatel each other. And this is the Ran Lashitato. The truth is that if somebody plants het there and the Gidulim of Isur, it makes sense that the Gidulim of Isur override it. Because they are contrasting items, and contrasting items are the ability to mevatel. So when the Gidulim of Isur come along, they override the Ikar of Heter. We're talking about two different things, one of Isur and another Isur. That the case of the Tevel that you put of Maser, that you put into the ground and planted it, and now you have Gidulim that come up that are also of Isur, that Isura, if it comes out on Shvit because of the Isur Shvit, or another year is because of the Tevel, then it certainly should be Batel. It shouldn't be Batel. Even though the Isurim are different Isurim, but they're both of Isur. And therefore they're unable to be Batel each other. And when things are similar, the Ran Lashitado says there's no bitul over here. Kei Rali, he says that's the way that I think to explain this Gemara. And I'm still not settled with this. I still need some instruction. I need some help in how to get this clear. Okay, now the Gemara moves on. Gufa, another case that we brought. Case of a batzal shel chuma that was planted. And then the Gidulim exceed the item that was planted. They become Mutar. Mutar here again, like the Ran said earlier, is not Mutar the Gamre, but Mutar means it's Tevel and not Shuma. From this you would conclude, The Gidulim of Heter are able to override the Ikar, which was an Ikar of Isur. That's not. Don't we have a Mishnah that says, Gidulei Shuma Shuma? That something that goes out of Shuma is considered Shuma. And the reason that Gidulei Chuma are considered to be Chuma is a Takanat Chachamim to prevent Kohen from keeping around Chuma, especially Chuma Tmeya, in order to plant it so that he can be Metaherit or remove the problematic aspects of it. So in order to prevent that, the Chachamim instituted that Gidulei Chuma are Chuma and you get no benefit by planting it. Mar says, no, Gidulei Gidulim Kamrinan. Oh, you made a mistake. Rabbi Hanida Tirta's statement is not about Gidulim, it's about Gidulei Gidulim. It's a double derivative. Something that grew out of the Chuma, and then you plant that which grew out of the Chuma, and then it grows something new. So that third generation is Mutar. Where it says, Anamitanina, that we also have in the Mishnah, which is Gidulei Gidulin, Chulin. That the third generation of Gidulim are Chulin. Where it says, He turns to teach us that even in a case, even when the bulb is still intact, and you plant it, and then you plant the Gidulim, and the Gidule Gidulin, that is Mutar in the third generation, even though Che'in Zarokala. And the Rashbo asks over why is the Gemara playing around with this statement of Khanina B'tir It seems obvious that first of all, he's talking about a Davar Che'in Zarokala, because he mentioned Batsal. And so that why isn't the Gemara going straight to the issue of Davar Che'in Zarokala, and is bouncing around with these other different possibilities of what he's speaking about? So the Ram brings the Rashpo explains that, that we had a half of you know, that when Rabbi Yana said Batsal, he didn't mean it literally. He meant it just as an example. And therefore, the dim would have more, more broad application than simply Davar Shein Zerokala. In the end, the Gemara concludes that that's not the case. That's only about a case of Ein Zerokala. And once we narrow it down to that, we still have a seeming problem from the Mishnah, which says explicitly when you have a Davar Shein Zerokala, that it's begidulei gidulim, it's asur.
Gemara says Vatnan. Don't we have a mission that says otherwise? Hatevel gidulav miturim mutarin. When it comes to tevel, that which is a derivative of it that goes out of it is mutar. But kala. That's only if the item planted, the seed that's planted, disappears entirely. If it's an item that what you planted and remains intact, like the bulbs or the potatoes that you put in the ground, kidule gidulim asrim. Not or gidulim asrim, but kidule gidulim asrim. So that's not true. When it's a case of ein kala, it's a case when the item does not disappear if it's planted. Then even a third generation, a two double derivative of the original item, that is gidule gidulim, still would be asurim. So how are you claiming over here, according to Rabbi Hanina Tirtoa, that they are mutarim? Umar says, Ribuya the Rabu Gidulim Alikaro Mutar. So what he comes along to teach us is that the Gidule Gidulim of the Batsao of Chuma and those Gidulim override the Ikar, then it's Mutar. So if the Gidule Gidulim exceed the Gidulim, then it becomes Heter. And that's what the statement of Khanina Tirta says. The Mishnah that says that Gidule Gidulim are Surim, that's when the Gidule Gidulim are less than the Gidul that they derived from, or the Ikar, which were they derived from. That is how Tosafot and the Rosh explain the Gemara over here, that if the Gidei Gidulim exceed the Gidulim, that they are Heter, and they also made the Ikar of Gidulim into Heter. Another then Rashi over here says, V'rabu otan Gidulim al-Ikaro mutar, that only the excess of Gidulei Gidulim above the Ikar of Gidul will be of Heter. So the Gidulei Gidulim themselves will remain a store. The Gidul, which is the Ikar, will also be a store. It's only the amount or the growth that is above the level of the Gidul, or the Ikar that was Gidul, that would be deemed to be Heter in terms of Gidulei Gidulim. And that's how we'll reconcile between the statement here of Rabbi Haninir Tirtah and the Mishnayot that either seem to make simple his statement or contradict his statement. Here we come up with a... Solution which says that he's speaking about Gidulei Gidulim exceeding the Gidulim, then it's Shalhet there. And the Mishnah is talking about the case of Gidulei Gidulim that do not exceed the Gidulim, and therefore they are Asur. Kamash Walon, for that's what we learn from those, that position of Rabbi Chanina Tirta. That we end the Perak, Hajan Alach, Anu Dermina Yorok.